0: In 1971, a 17-year-old rocket enthusiast was given permission to launch his homemade prototype rocket and told to direct it towards that patch of land better known as Area 51. Thinking he was simply being escorted by the military to retrieve it, the young man was instead taken inside a secret hangar and asked his opinion about what he believed to be alien technology. Join us! on aliens explored as we delve into the life and times of david adair this episode is dedicated to our explorer of the week toby foams who supports this podcast through our patreon check it out at patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and see what rewards are on offer at a level that suits you
1: is out there.
0: And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it?
1: Welcome back, listeners, to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast where we look at the people in ufology, we look at historical events in ufology, and we speculate the crap out of all sorts of different things. I am one of your speculative hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other speculative host, Neil Kelly. How are you doing, Neil? It's been ages since we last chatted it seems. It has been a while hasn't it yeah I've been I've been
0: busy mate I'm, I'm on the chin straps most yeah. of the time now yeah <laughs> um, I'm working at a place where they are very um, very well no that's varies the wrong word they, they have tremendous problems with staff retention
1: Okay. Um, people
0: leaving in droves so suddenly I've gone from being the new boy to being something essential to keeping the thing going at all. Uh, right. No, okay. I like to think this. We've we've gone down from six Mister <laughs> Monopolies on Monopoly Lifestyles on Tottenham Court Road to two Mister
1: Monopolies, keeping it going. Right. Right. Maybe. Maybe I ought to look into getting involved myself. Uh, they've got to be looking
0: for another Mister Monopoly. Um, I mean, the manager just said very vaguely, "Yes, we, we've got a we've got some sort of solution in hand." But that could just as easily be phasing us out and replacing yes, us with so a, replacing us it. with a, yeah, with a. I mean, we're all, we're already kind of doubling up on a on a cartoon when you go in there. So uh,
1: <laughs> maybe the cartoon will replace us. Who you knows? Maybe maybe that's the future of acting as we all get replaced by cartoons.
0: Yeah, and and AI, we, we get we get scanned, and then that's it. They've got us. They yeah, make us make our
1: make our image do anything. Yeah, well we need to our um, Avatar,
0: I should say. That's,
1: we need to work weird. on our voice acting techniques. Yeah. So podcasts like this, it's excellent experience for us. Um, Isn't it just hopefully the listeners won't see it at their expense. Mm. Um, yeah. Now we, yes. we have had
0: some fan mail, haven't we? We had a had an we email did. from
1: Jerry. And what did Jerry have to say? So Jerry contacted us um back on the 10th of August. Uh, mm uh with a it, Jerry had just listened to the Cosford UFO uh, hmm. episode um and and wanted to reach out to us uh it tells us that he couldn't sleep past 4 a.m. but then he found our podcast uh, excellent some, you know, It's the service um, we provide Jerry absolutely um yeah. insomnia has its um, has its benefits obviously um Jerry went on to say though um and I quote what a load of waffling, ill-informed bollocks. Um, <laughs> We've got to get him on the show. Oh, <laughs> he says like, just the kind of guess we could do with... He, he did pick up on... So this was me. I I made a, an so I don't know why, because I, I called it County Wolverhampton. I don't know why. I know Wolverhampton's a town, not a county. Mm. Oh, I have no idea why. Um, and,
0: and is that is that the substance of his... Um,
1: Yes, he's he, he, claiming he, we're
0: talking he, about them old bollocks.
1: Jerry puts County Wolverhampton in, exclu- in in quotation marks, and then puts FFS.
0: Did Did he find any further fault with our with our? No, that was that. But, here? That was a, but that he that did give us, uh,
1: uh, very generously gave us a, a nice piece of advice: um, stick to the day jobs, fellas. <laughs> Which you know. <laughs> It's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah, um, I, I'm, yeah. Guessing,
0: I'm guessing Jerry is from Wolverhampton or the Black Country or somewhere I'm somewhere like that. I'm guessing so. Oh, um, it would be fun to have an angry on the... <laughs> 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 Um
1: I mean, the only other bit of information that Jerry was forthcoming with uh, was that the email was sent from his iPhone.
0: Right, and um, d- he didn't mention whether he was then able to get back to sleep that was oh, so. no
1: that was uh um not forthcoming um but but jerry we we hope you slept well afterwards we, we, we hope would, so yeah we uh, we hope your has helped you in some way
0: yeah, if you're, if your insomnia is is still troubling you then um well we we hope we are one of its compensations that you can tune in and listen yes. to what we've got to say about about. I something. mean, I do
1: I do apologise to everyone um, in the Midlands uh, for calling it County Wolverhampton. Like I said, I have no idea why I was completely wrong on that. Um, uh, Slip but, of the but tongue. I've got to say, if that was Jerry's takeaway, mm. I, I, you know. Perhaps he missed the point of the episode, I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe he was just so triggered that he didn't hear anything else. That was it, you know. uh, (laughs) It's certainly
1: possible. But uh, for for listeners who want to um, go back and listen to our ill-informed bollocks, um, (laughs) it is episode 69 that Jerry is referring to, the Cosford UFO incident of 31st of March, 1993. So there you go. Um, mm, and forewarned, yes,
0: forearmed, if, you, if you're if you <laughs> from the black country. <laughs> yes, indeed. It, it uh, was a genuine slip of the tongue. Uh,
1: to our international listeners, just so you're aware, um, the black country is a region of the country and has nothing to do with its peoples. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing to do with race relations. It's always been called Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Um, I, I don't know why it's called the black country, but always has been.
0: Aren't there also some Black Hills in South Wales, Brecon Beacons? Isn't there a region of Black Hills? Around?
1: Maybe. I don't know. don't know. I don't know. I no, don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's but always nothing, in the back Nothing to do with race relations, so, yeah, don't don't email us in about that. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> please. <Yeah. laughs> but do email us in. I mean, if you want to tell us what you think, like Jerry did, uh, you can always email us aliensexplored at dot. And uh, other things you might want to uh, talk to us about. We, we've got a really, really big thing happening four days after the public release of this episode. So to our Patreon um, early access listeners, it's 11 days. But uh, hmm. yeah, four days after this episode goes public. Very exciting news. this uh, We are launching our Indiegogo campaign, Neil. to make our Crop Circle documentary. So excited about this. So Mm. keep an eye out for links in the description. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to us on on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, because there will be announcements galore coming through, so you don't want to miss those. Very, very exciting. But this is not the time and place to be launching it, so... I won't. Um, <laughs> getting ahead of yourself a bit. But I, no, I, no,
0: it's, I, it's not, no, our listeners won't want to know whether it? it's only four days from when they come first to uh, hear this.
1: I thought you were going to say there's only four listeners then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, I, I'm absolutely certain it will be of interest to all our listeners. Mm. Um, also of interest, I think, to many of our listeners um, is what we're here to talk about today which mm. is the interesting case of David Adair. He yeah. paid a little visit to Area 51. He claims. He, he certainly does claim.
0: Mm. Um, um, claims extensively in books and movies and, and, and such like. Um, he's, he's listed on IMDB, that's the Internet Movie
1: Database, um, as an actor. Um, well, you and I both know Neil. It's not difficult to get listed on IMDb as well. Oh, oh no, I mean, yeah,
0: you can list yourself, or you, if you've been in anything, so um, you don't yeah. have to be an actor to
1: be on IMDb. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so there was the Cosmic Disclosure TV series that he does himself between 2017 and 2020,
1: which I haven't seen. I oh, haven't seen oh, either. Hold oh my hands up to that. Um, I have seen the. UFO TV, part of the Disclosure Network, um, hmm. as run by St- Dr. Stephen Greer. Um, I have seen his special, which is it's on Amazon Prime here in the UK. I don't know about other countries. Um, mm. But David Adair in Area Fifty One, it's called, which is why we're very careful to call this episode David Adair and Area Fifty One, mm. because we don't want to infringe on anything yes. uh, or create confusion.
0: So people can easily um, log in in Britain anyway, can log on to Amazon Prime and have a look at what we're what we're talking
1: about, I'd or be who we're talking. If it's about. if it's not in available in America. I'd be surprised. You, you
0: never know, do you? from country to country, then they seem to make random random yeah. allocations and random removals.
1: That's it. Yeah. And, and, of course, you know, they might take it off at any moment, so get in there mm. quick and have a listen to that.
0: Well, not, not take it off, but suddenly decide you've got to pay for it. You've got to pay that, $4.99 yes.
1: to see it. That happens as well, absolutely. Um, so David Adair himself... Um, He's no slouch, he's he's a space technology transfer consultant. Yes. I've been trying to work out what that actually means. He developed a certain
0: kind of technology, didn't he? The advanced symbiotic technology.
1: Advanced now symbiotic technology comes into his story somewhat. Mm. Um but he's de- I am not aware of him developing a technology like that. Hmm. Interesting.
0: No, it's on uh, it's on Amazon.com. I don't know if it's, is that I'll just have a check if that's the Amazon Prime thing we've just been talking
1: about. Uh yes it is, yeah. Um Okay. He'll talk about symbiotic technology and we'll we'll come on to that when hmm. we when we tell his story, um, but no, he's he's he is literally a rocket scientist. Um, mm. He worked with uh, uh, for the US, I believe it was the US Navy, um, helping to design jet propulsion for for the air, aircraft. Mm. Um, but yeah, now he's he's set up his own business as a. Yeah, Space Technology Transfer Consultant. I don't know if that means like transferring, say, from the space shuttle to the space station or what that actually means or transferring I, I things to know. space from um, Earth. Just,
0: just for our listeners in the States, this this video, UFOs and Area 51, David Adair at Area 51, Advanced Symbiotic Technology. That seems to be the title of the... It's quite a long title. Um, it's available for rent uh, for $1.99.
1: Oh, there you go. There you go. Or you can okay. buy it for
0: $7.99, but
1: yeah, probably that's the full once title. once is enough to get the... Get the <laughs> ju- Your yeah. opinion is starting to show already. <laughs> yeah. now. Once is enough. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> but, but but I'm, I'm confused that he's, he's listed as an actor because he's not just done his Cosmic Disclosure TV series. Have they got him mixed up with someone else? It seems he was in The Bill which was a police-based <laughs> soap opera was in
1: 1990,
0: <laughs> and uh, in Minder um, in 1989. They, so, but but it's listed in, in the on... same filmography, so I guess IMDb's got confused.
1: This happens a lot with IMDb. Um, at one point, I had three different... because. Each time I was in something, the producer would create a new IMDb profile for me. I don't know why. Um, And now, yeah, my agent had to sort of get them all merged. Um, But yes, they'll they'll also miss. Yeah, so that's just that. As an actor, that would be a different David Adair, definitely.
0: I'm I'm on IMDb as Neil Kelly the fourth or Neil Kelly IV.
1: Really? Okay, yeah. I'm just Stu Jackson. There you mm. go. Mm. There must be another other Neil Kelly actors. Um, we're digressing. Not, they're, they're, they're not in this it? country
0: though. Not uh, there. Must be in America. And, and there's be. even more people called Kelly Neil.
1: Because I'm guessing you're, um, uh, you're you're an equity member. I mean, obviously you don't have to tell me, but um, yeah. You were um,
0: yeah, Yes, I am. But uh, yeah, yeah so in this country, but you have to protect your name. Um, they were very surprised at my drama school when I, when I applied to Spotlight and was allowed to be Neil Kelly. They said, oh, good luck getting that name. But yeah, it was available. My own name was available, um, but not on IMDb. Mm. There we go. There's more of us out there, and I
1: don't think any of us are famous. Um, anyway, back on <laughs> to David Adair, not yeah. the actor, the... Um, the space mm. technology transfer consultant. Um, so, like I said, I mean, proper rocket scientist. Thirteen mm. years old, he built his first proper rocket. We're not talking about those things you buy in boxes from Walmart. Mm. Um, this was like a proper, proper rocket. Uh, mm. So, and
0: w- what's what's the difference? Oh, is this bigger?
1: I, th- I think size plays a part. I think um, using actual fuel rather than it just being gunpowder mm. um, plays a part. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm speculating. I, I, I mean, don't actually know is the answer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I assume the rocket um, fuel cells—they've they've got more than just gunpowder in. Otherwise, they would just explode, wouldn't they? Well, I know they uh, they do sometimes. Kids have lost eyes I, I and don't fingers know. I mean, and things. At-
1: Look at the fireworks that we call rockets. That's Mm. just gunpowder.
0: Yeah, but made to go whoosh rather than bang. Or to. Yeah. It must have something mixed in with it. So if you know what. Well, actually, you could just get a load of those smaller rocket engines and just put them into a bigger can and make a big rocket. So I assume he did something cleverer than that.
1: I would imagine so. And certainly very, very clever. By the age of 17, Mm. um, this is where we get into the. He claims, element, Mm. Um, he designed what he calls a fusion containment engine. Mm. Uh, Claims to have gotten uh, funding from his local federal government body um, to build it.
0: Who who allowed him to have access to nuclear materials Uh, to to create
1: fusion... (laughs) I don't know if it's nuclear materials but but essentially yeah he, the way he describes it is you're basically creating a mini sun mm. um inside this thing which then obviously that creates an awful lot of power yeah um and then yeah age seventeen uh this is back in nineteen seventy one uh, he arranged with a co- with his local congressman and an Air Force general, because um, so they this this rocket with this fusion engine, mm. fusion containment engine, sorry, um, mm. couldn't just be launched from your back garden. Um, well, no, so, I mean you
0: could you could destroy your entire city
1: if it you go wrong. <laughs> Nuclear fusion in your back garden. Um, so, yeah, so with help from his congressman and an Air Force general, uh, he arranged to launch this from White Sands, mm. uh, which is obviously a missile testing range. Um, yeah, so shipped out there, took this rocket, this, this yeah, rocket out there. Um, he was told, it was given coordinates to land it in a specific place. Mm. Um which happens to be Groom Lake, otherwise mm. known to many people as Area Fifty One. Is it indeed? There's actually a lake there. Uh, it's not. A, it's a. It's a dry lake bed. Right. So it was a lake, but it's not. It's it's out in the mm. desert. So, um, but it is called Groom Lake. Yes. It's a huge area. Um, yeah, it used to be a lake bed.
0: So this this rocket that he built had some kind of control. He could actually direct it to land in a particular
1: oh, absolutely.
0: area, at least within a square mile or so, I guess.
1: Absolutely. Um, so
0: so what sort of distance are we talking about from, from White Sands to Groom Lake? Do
1: you uh, know how far I that is? don't know, is the honest answer. Uh, let me go to Google. Because
0: I would imagine... You wouldn't let someone fly an experimental rocket over population centers. No, uh, no, absolutely not. I wouldn't have thought. Anyway, <laughs> they have a different view of that in North Korea, but uh, especially when the population centers are in South Korea
1: or Japan. But uh, yes. Uh, so apparently, it's about oh no, that's 110 miles northeast of Las Vegas. That's where Groom Lake is. Hmm. Uh.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, but they, I mean, they didn't. he didn't fly across the states, for instance.
1: No, no. I mean, it wouldn't oh. have been particularly far. Okay. Um. But yeah, it was. To, it was to test its acceleration and and what have you. But that
0: that technology hasn't appeared anywhere, has it?
1: That we not know of. since. Um. But it is mean, when when they go to retrieve the rocket, that the story gets quite interesting. Uh, it must be a fair distance because they did have to fly there. Okay. They didn't drive. Mm. They, they flew. Um
0: But maybe hundreds of miles rather than thousands of miles.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, quite yeah. quite. I think that would be reasonable. Mm. Um but yeah, so you get us in this plane, they fly out to to Groom Lake, um, he sees this big complex, this almost industrial mm. sort of complex. Um, Presumably, he's
0: accompanied by people who have authority to be there. Uh, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, are, don't, don't, don't don't look that way, Dave. Just keep your eyes fixed on
1: <laughs> lots of uh, on Department it. of Defense officials and things mm. like that. Um, he is. He thinks, obviously, they're going to go to the rocket, um, but they don't. They take him into a large, empty hangar. Mm. This hangar, then, the entirety of it starts descending, uh, and he estimated Mm. it went down about 20 stories. Cripes. And they show him into this basically top-secret bunker area with lots of workshops and things going on. And one in particular, um, there is a large, can only be described as an engine, uh, about the size of a school bus, he says, Mm. that is effectively a a fusion containment engine. Not quite like his own. Um, He describes his, like if, if his was a Ford Model A, this would be a ferrari you know it was a okay. much more advanced uh, piece of kit um it had suffered a catastrophic failure there was a big hole in the top of it mm. but he was able to get up and have a look at it and climb, climb around on it uh, they wanted to know what his opinion of it was uh wanted his his so- Uh, Inside. So they
0: hadn't gone to collect his rocket at all. His rocket was just sort of stuck in the sand somewhere out in the desert.
1: At this particular Um, point, At this time, yeah.
0: So never mind your rocket. We wanted to come and have a look at our rocket. Yes. So we couldn't get ours to go. Yes.
1: Uh, Now, as he starts... So so first of all, the material that this thing appears to be made of um, is an unusual alloy. Uh, Mm. it, It... so um, I I'm paraphrasing what he said but um mm. uh, I would say for those of you who are familiar with pearlescent colors the ones that change color the way you depending on like how the light hits it um yeah it that that's pretty much how he described it um and uh, and yeah and as he touches this thing it reacts to him it um he, he he sees what initially looks like shadows under the surface, but then he realizes mm. it's not shadows. It's just it's changing colour and changing appearance, not physically morphing, but um, mm. uh, but certainly reacting to his presence with it. Okay, he gets up into the hole. Um, he he recognises sort of the part. That, that appears to have exploded. Um, but he can't see any way of. Any, so, so his particular engine is absolutely covered in loads and loads of wiring because mm. the firing pattern has to be very precise and it's all very, mm. very technical. Um, but there appears to be no wiring or anything with this device. Um, and he can't work out how the firing pattern would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, he, he he works out that actually the way this alloy is responding to him, it's responding to his moods. Um, so it mm-hmm. is a symbiotic engine, and, and he's theorized that the pilots actually connect with the engine, that it's almost it's almost alive, basically, and it responds mm-hmm. to the pilot's... Um, okay. For want of a better phrase, telepathically. Mm.
0: Well, my my wife has a, a mood ring, which um, you know when she when she's happy, it's it's kind of blue, mm. and when when she's in a certain excited state, it goes a bit green, and then when she's angry, it leaves a sort of red welt in the middle of my forehead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, dear. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't laugh at that. Domestic violence is no joke. Um, but um, no, that, um, I've not heard that one before. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, mood rings. I've always had a little bit of skepticism about mood rings. Mm. But they're a thing. Um Yeah.
0: But, so, yeah. But yeah it's um, something we'd think of to make the <laughs> material to make a rocket out
1: of, is it? Mm. Now, his story doesn't end there um, because he's, he's looking at this thing and he's kind of working it all out. Um, and he starts being vocal about the fact well, this has obviously come from an alien spacecraft, and you know. Mm. Um, and he gets.
0: That, 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 that's his first take, is it? Well, it, what do you think of our engine? What do you think we're wrong? He says, Well, this is obviously alien technology. Well, they're asking the question. And, questions they, and like, then do they say, Do they get all shifty and say, No, it's not. <laughs> we, we we made it.
1: Well, they're asking questions like, You know, how how do you think the firing pattern works? And he's like, Well, why are you asking me if you built it? Mm. Um, but obviously, like I say, this thing's the size of a school bus. And, you know, he. he, he, he speculates that this must have come from a huge craft. That craft must have had occupants. What have you done with them? Uh, and mm. starts sort of, I say, vocalizing this. Um, so they roundly start removing him from sight. Mm. And and this is where I I start to pull some strongholds in his story personally. Mm. Uh, he says... It occurred to him that this is all to do with nuclear superiority because the whole mutual assured destruction thing is what prevents us from pushing the button. If Mm. you could have sufficient acceleration that basically the nuclear missile gets to the other country before they're aware it's been launched, Mm. then they're not going to retaliate because they can't retaliate. Mm.
0: But we also understand yeah. that even if they don't retaliate, you'll cause so much environmental destruction that it's going to come back on you anyway.
1: Well, bearing in mind this was back in 1971, and the whole, mm. you know, is, I mean, you'll remember the whole fear of nuclear destruction.
0: Um, and, and, yeah, what they called um, anticipatory retaliation. Mm. You've, got to get your, you've got to get your retaliation in first. But, yes. You know, yeah, in, in those, I mean, I've heard this argument about um, hypersonic glide vehicles. They're saying in the old days, if you thought that the the other side had launched their missiles, you had something like 20, 25 minutes to actually verify that it was a real launch and not just some glitch on your on your computer. Um, With hypersonic glide vehicles you don't have that 20, 25 minutes anymore. You've got five, maybe ten minutes. So it it suddenly become an awful lot more
1: dangerous. Yes. So this 17-year-old David Adair works out that his rocket could basically bring about the end of civilization. Mm. Um, so he... And and like I said, personally, I start to struggle with this a little bit. Um, mm. He gets a handful of graphite grease from the hangar door. Mm. Starts crying about needing to see his rocket. And, oh, I want to see my rocket. So they take Mm. him to his rocket. He smears this grease inside the door. And because of the plasma reaction to it, basically it explodes. So he destroys his own rocket by smearing graphite grease on the inside of the uh, access panel. Okay. Um, I don't have
0: the... um the necessary scientific knowledge to dispute that, but it I have to say it sounds unlikely. So he destroyed his own rocket.
1: He destroyed his but, own rocket.
0: And um, and nobody had any plans, or, or he didn't have to submit anything, or they, they gave him all this funding and just let him <sighs> kind of build a rocket
1: and fly it. And Your guess is as good as mine on that.
0: This is sounding a bit unlikely, I think. Um didn't, well, didn't it blow enough. his hand off? I mean, how quickly... I mean, if, if you think, well, if I smear graphic grease inside the, the the inspection panel on my rocket, it'll blow it up. Will it blow it up with, with my hand still inside it?
1: Uh, so, he, he he smeared the grease inside, then set it on a timed delay to activate, told everyone, oh, no, there's a fuel leak, we all have to get out of here. They cleared the area, and then it exploded.
0: Uh, presumably blasting toxic nuclear material all over the place. I don't,
1: I don't know if there's nuclear material. I I don't okay. know. I, I genuinely don't know. I, no. I, don't, I don't know if it was radioactive or not. Mm. I've not heard anything that says it is. I mean, a fusion engine kind of suggests that, doesn't it? It does. Now, this guy has gone on to have a successful career in, you know... In these things, um, well,
0: yeah, playing parts in the bill and in minder, apparently, <laughs> to <the> IMDb.
1: <laughs> and, um, he's, he's also made claims that he was taken to meet Stephen Hawking, who he called mm. Stefan Hawking, okay, which I thought was a bit weird. Um, mm. Uh, because he'd made the same sort of calculations as he was making about black holes and. Uh, mm. Yeah. Uh, but we've hit that time in the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's his story, anyway. <laughs> um, we've hit that time when we do speculate about what we think. So, Neil, mm. David Adair, did he visit Area 51? Um.
0: I dare say he might have uh, if he if he got the funding to build his little rocket and and flew it you know to a, as he, you know, he was told where to launch it. Um, I would have thought there would be very, very tight controls over the private launching of a rocket. You know You tell someone, yeah, can you direct your rocket this way? Well, how do you know the guy's actually built a rocket that can be directed that accurately and they must have uh, it, it all seems very lax. And then we'll, 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 um, yeah, your, your rocket flew. We're happy with that. We saw it disappear off into the sky. Let's let's fly to where, um, it was programmed to land. And, uh, oh, but before we go and pick up your rocket, go, come and have a look at ours, because we built something similar. Although, actually, um, it's of materials that you'll have never seen before and using kind of connections, connectivity, whereas, you know, you would have had wires all over your, your thing. We don't have any wires. And so, but we're going to ask you what you think of our rocket anyway. Just just as someone... We're not going to ask the guy who built it. Um, We're going to ask someone who built something similar who's never seen this before. A 17-year-old kid. A 17-year-old kid, yeah. Um, A kid who's not allowed to buy a beer. Or vote. yeah. Or vote, yeah. But we're going to ask his opinion on on nuclear fusion technology. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... He's undoubtedly a clever bloke, but uh, I don't know in which way he's clever. Whether it's actually inventing things or inventing actual things or inventing stories. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite a yarn. Uh, but he, he seems to have made a career out of it with his with his books and his movies.
1: He huh. well, the thing there is he didn't come forward until about nineteen ninety nine. Mm. with this he he says and and I've got to say i i this this part of it all I accept quite readily um that had he have come forward prior to that, he would have been roundly ridiculed, and nobody would have taken him seriously at all but but the world had and certainly the world of ufology had changed such that these things were now being taken a bit more seriously mm um, and, yeah, I, I I have to concur with that specific part of the assessment mm. um, that, that if anyone was going to come forward, yeah, around that time, late 90s, it start to get more acceptance. Um, I mean, it's still not mm. there in my view, but we're getting there steadily. <sighs> but there's so much about this story that I don't, I don't, it just, mm, just doesn't I need make sense just doesn't make
0: sense to me I, I need to know a lot more um I, I can imagine if you can prove yourself to be a fairly fairly handy as a rocket scientist that would get you out of the draft he didn't end up getting sent to vietnam the following
1: year oh he was he was conscripted oh, um, okay and they wanted him to build the rocket the, this engine again um, mm. But he didn't, so they sidelined him into designing jet aircraft for the navy. That's how he started. Okay, this, no, <coughs> his jet proportion career. Um, mm. Yeah, I, mm, I, I struggle with a lot of his story, but then there are parts of it that do ring quite true with me. My own personal belief is that this is someone who did have an experience, did see something, but has perhaps elaborated on it somewhat. Whether or not that's in his own mind Mm. or his own imagination, um, I think the story has become elaborated over the years perhaps with the retelling. Th- these things, that happens, as we know. Yeah, I do it all um, the time. I think there's probably a kernel of truth in there, somewhere at the core of it. Mm. There's there's mm, some strange things that, yeah, it does make sense. and um, And the whole, he built rockets in his backyard and then was sort of, taken forward to, to work on, um, you know, extraterrestrial proportion. Mm. It's very similar to Bob Lazar's story. Yeah. So I think there's there's something in that perhaps. Mm. So there you go, listeners. If you want to be involved mm. in top secret UFO technologies, just um, get your kids working on Jet propulsion systems in the back garden. Hmm. Um, do not hold us responsible if you blow up your house, town, country, um, Self. whatever. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, don't take any of that seriously. Um, yeah. Interesting story. Interesting hmm. story. Uh, what do you think, though, listeners? Uh, We always want to know, um, especially from Jerry now, um, Mm. what what your take (laughs) is on David Adair's story about Area 51. Um, Is every word of it absolutely true, do you think? Or, yeah, is there... Is there something else going on? Um, do let us know via the usual means. You can contact us, Twitter and Facebook. You can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com. Or if you are one of our lovely, lovely Patreon patrons or Patreon members, um, that's an easy way of saying it. Might start that now. Um, yes, Patreon members. Then you get exclusive access to our Discord server where I can tell you people discuss... All sorts of uh, UFO things, including debates on the actual episodes themselves. And they're really interesting to read and get involved in as well. Um, Because, yeah, because we like to have a look, don't we, Neil? We do. Uh, So join us next time, though, when we shall be... we'll, We'll be going way, way back to ancient Egypt, Neil, Mm. Uh, to uh, well around about three and a half thousand years ago, uh, when there was a papyrus written describing a UFO. Excellent. Yeah, right. so. so yes, we'll be looking at the um, Tully papyrus. So you don't want to miss that <laughs> one, listeners. Um, in the meantime, keep watching out for uh, <coughs> rockets flying overhead. Strange materials and with strange engines and all sorts of other things, and of course, keep watching this. Take care, everyone.
0: Yeah, bye <laughs> bye. Catch you
1: next time. Bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mifucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching. Aliens Explored or visit AliensExplored.com